Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks in the world who are on a mission to obtain freedom. What is freedom? We're about to find out. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited entrepreneur who has been chasing freedom her entire life. Beside me is my co-host, Jackie Asel, the anchor who keeps me grounded. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Clock Out the Vicarious Life. Today, as always, I am super excited because today I get to interview Robert Prash. He is a husband, he's a father of three who lives to travel the world, the U.S., anywhere he can in this new lifestyle that he's created for himself with his wife and kids. He is the host of Creating Greatness podcast. And Robert, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to visit with me and share your amazing story with our listeners. No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm very excited to share with your listeners. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Yes. As soon as I read your biography and your background, where you came from, as well as um, how you got to where you're at now with your life, I, I thought this is the perfect person because to me, your story is that of courage to step outside of the conventional way of living that a lot of us fall into um, and you're doing it. So um, tell me a little bit about where you're at right now. Um, how how you're living, what your lifestyle looks like, and then kind of lead me back to how you got there. Well, now uh, it, it is very much stark contrast to the before. I mean, uh, we are able to travel extensively. We've been all over the U.S., the continental, from New Jersey to Florida, Texas, Louisiana, all places in between Arizona. We've been to Alaska and Hawaii. And uh, we've been to Costa Rica, Jamaica, Mexico, you know. And yeah, I remember a time where I couldn't imagine getting out of my neighborhood. Uh, and not only that, but being able to do it in style. Um, and it's just an amazing thing for me, you know, being where I've been, seeing the things that I've seen, and now being able to create this absolutely different life for my children is just beyond words. Yes. Beautiful. Tell me about where you came from. What, 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 uh, what was the lifestyle that you were living that you could not imagine getting out of your neighborhood? Well, I grew up in uh, Southern New Jersey, um, right across the bridge from Philadelphia, uh, sort of on your way to Atlantic City. And as a child, I never really learned how to effectively manage my emotions. In fact, as a man or as a little boy growing up with men, um, it was almost like I wasn't allowed to have them. So it sort of jaded me in that respect. And then uh, the, the inability to deal with these and manage these and understand these really manifested themselves with some self-destructive behaviors, mm. started out with attention seeking and things like that. But as I progressed longer in my life and, and attention sought around the wrong people, then worse and worse things came into my life, um, like drugs and drinking and mm. committing crimes. And I sort of developed this really nasty demeanor, a mean um, person with a criminal mentality and very much um, likely to be addicted to anything that gave me immediate pleasure. 
So I did not know how to gain uh, happiness on a sustained level. So the, those traits led me down some very dark paths in my life. And really, I remember times um, in this little house in New Jersey and, and waking up and, and cursing the sky and asking to have my life ended. I was miserable. I was alone. I constantly felt alienated, ostracized from people and the world. I, I had no purpose. I, I had no idea who I was or what I was supposed to be doing. And because I felt so incomplete, like there was this hole inside of me, I just tried to put every, anything in it to, to, to fill myself, to make myself feel complete. And that means like being around toxic people, cling to people that were no good for me, um, using substances to try to escape or any of these um, vices mm. that we can latch on to. And it wasn't until I hit my very rock bottom where, you know, nobody wanted anything to do with me. I was alone. I was sad. I was scared. I was broken. And that spot, that place in my life where I looked up and, and, and saw that no one was ever going to save me was not a sad moment. It was a liberating moment because finally I knew that I was the only one that was going to do anything to improve my life. And I knew that I was responsible for it. There was no one else. And that gave me like this, this aha moment that, okay, it's time to get to work. Sure. And I sought out information. I found books on karma and Buddhism, yoga, and meditation, and all these things. And I sort of like sunk my teeth into that because I had nothing else. Mm. So I just go anything that will help me change my life. Um, something that's totally different from what I ever thought of. And I started letting go of all these ideals that I used to have, like yoga was for women or meditation was for monks or prayer was for religious people. No, these things are here for us. They are tools sure. for us to elevate our consciousness. So as I started putting this formula together, and I call it the Holy Trinity of spiritual and emotional wellness, because it is to me, and anyone else that shares that, then great. But if they don't, take what you can and leave the rest. And it was prayer and yoga and meditation. Because the meditation activated my spirit. The yoga activated my body. Mm -hmm. and, and the prayer uh, activated my mind. Or rather, meditation will activate the mind. Yoga will activate the body. And the prayer will activate the soul. And when I combine those three things and got those things in alignment, Oh man, my life just took off from there. And how old are you at this time? I'm 43 now. Now, okay. So when you discovered this, when you had rock bottom, how old were you then? Uh, 35 or 36. Okay, 35, 36. So do you, when you were, you know, quote unquote, hitting rock bottom, and you you had this liberating moment, was there something that you know, like maybe something that you had read, something that you had seen in a video or, I mean, is there something or was it just the moment of desperation that made you realize that that power was yours? Were you influenced or did it just kind of come to you? No. Yeah, absolutely. It was influenced. And, and whether you believe in God or any power or that stronger than you, I believe in it. Universal energy, a 
a creator that flows through all things. I don't label it. I'm not exactly sure. That's the beauty of it. It's mm-hmm. me seeking fine. But that rock bottom, that desperation, that gave me an openness. You see, the openness or the willingness has to exist before the solution can ever be found. I see. Because before you have that openness and willingness, you'll never hear the solution. It could be right in front of your face. Right. That desperation brought up that openness and willingness. And literally, a man handed me a book called We Are All Doing Time by Bo Lozoff. It's a human kindness station. They work in the prisons and they um, teach them yoga and meditation and things of that nature. This guy handed me this book. He says, I see what you're doing and I see the way that you're acting and I think this book will help you. Mm. This book spoke about karma that everything that goes around comes around, but it spoke on it as a universal law of energy, not just an old saying. And when I started getting that understanding, like, hey, you're getting bad because you're doing bad. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And like I said, I just started just learning and, 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 and focusing in on how to do these things. And then when I added it with the meditation and the yoga, like, it just took me to a new level. And I've sustained that to this day, not even sustained or maintained, increased because there's like this thing that a lot of people go through. And I want to speak about it is like, if you went through bad situations or bad times in your life, and if you're able through perseverance or just sheer holding on to get through those things, why would you stop? Right. At mediocre and that was my challenge and that maybe will segue us into back to the good life and the traveling is because I had to like learn to step outside my comfort zone and get on get comfortable being uncomfortable and do new things sure and it was because of that realization well hey now I got a job I got a car I got, I got you know at the time she's my girlfriend soon to be my wife things are going great I'm making good money I'm happy. I look healthy. I'm physically shaped. I'm, in my opinion, I'm mediocre. Yeah. But that took so much for me to get there. Right. But then because it took that much, I go, why stop there? Keep it up. Keep going. And man, uh, there's no limitation to what we can accomplish as humans because I'm not special. I'm special in the respect that I'm me. I'm unique. My DNA is unique. But I'm not special for the reason that I can go from nothing and create something out of it. We all have that power. Absolutely. When you said that your um, now it's your your wife at the time it was your girlfriend, was she also involved in kind of the same lifestyle and kind of transitioned with you, or was she on a, a kind of on a better path when you guys met? And does she um, also meditate, do the yoga, understand all of these same consciousness aspects that you that you've discovered? Wow, great question. Great question. And I will say this. No, my wife is um, the, the most magnificent creature that I've ever come in contact with. She is innocent. She's wonderful. She's kind. She's compassionate. She's all the things that I am not or the things that I have to work to be. So it was beautiful that we sort of filled each other's gaps like that, where I was strong, she was weak, and vice versa. But no, my I met her. And this is important. Um, as I was transitioning into the light, I was already on the path 
And I think that is important for, for a, to a woman to say that, yes, you can change a man. My wife changed me, but the man has to be on the path. He has to be open. He has to be willing. He has to be receptive to um, ideas of bettering themselves in a way of not feeling like, um, you know, these old ideas as men that we hold. And, but don't minimize your power. Because a woman definitely can do these things. I just think she has to do it with the awareness of is, is he willing to change? And if the person changes, I think he loves you. And if he doesn't, I think it's time to move on. But, yeah, my wife was very innocent. She was uh, had a, um, a job and, and she was going to school and a career. And so it was nice because she helped uplift me and upgrade me and, and, and make me a more, more moral an ethical being. So I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Yeah, fantastic. And so then, so then throughout this time, you guys now have three children. Are they, um, do you guys teach them consciousness, mindfulness, et cetera? Or is that something that you're waiting down the road for them to discover? No, not at all. First of all, to finish uh, the question, the last question, my wife does not do those things. Okay. She ultimately sees the value in it because she's watched my uh, transformation. Literally, it can be explained as nothing else smaller than a transformation. But I've um, been meditating and doing yoga and praying in front of my children since they were born. So it's something that they're very comfortable with. It's something they're very used to. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where I was fearful that they would not at least take some tiny aspect of what I do and and implement it into their life. But I also um, see the value of being a leader and not being a a tyrant. And I'm not going to force anyone to do anything in my household. I mean, I don't eat meat, but my wife does and my mom does and my sons eat chicken nuggets. Still, I can't, I don't want to do that to you. I want to leave it open for you to explore And I also want to lead by example. So when they see me up before everyone, meditating, doing yoga, praying, when they see me up later than everyone doing these things again, being the father, being the example, being the champion of the household, they're starting to do it. And um, it was actually a moment of sheer pride Um, this this past summer when we were traveling. We were in McMinnville, Tennessee at the Isha Yoga Center, the uh, Institute of Inner Sciences. And... We were there to see Sadhguru uh, on the 4th of July. But before, it, there was a big meditation um, in, in, in this huge, wonderful, beautiful building with a dome and chrome, um, or not chrome, sorry, bronze dome and huge fans swirling around all the positive energy with all these hundreds of meditators in this room. And I was one of the few people with small children. Mm-hmm. And uh, while my wife kept my, at the time, three-year-old and one-year-old pretty calm, my five-year-old, now six at the time, meditated with all the adults, stayed still, didn't say anything. And people from all different cultures um, and, and, and backgrounds were looking at me and, like, giving me thumbs up and, and the okay symbol and stuff. And I was like, wow, it, it's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I And, and the reason I ask those questions is because I, I think that so many people – when, when they're, it's one thing to be brought up around that type of thing, but when you have a drastic change like that, a lot of times 
your own family is resistant to change, even if it's for the good, just because it's different. They don't know you. It's a whole different identity. But obviously your kids are different because they've only known you um, with this transformation. So that's that's really interesting. And I think it's great that you, you know, you you are obviously doing this for yourself because it's it's helping you and your own family will um, you know, you're planting seeds and they'll come around to do it if it's right for them or not, just like anything, anything else. So that's, it's admirable. Um, okay. Yeah, you're so welcome. Um, no, on the resistance was that the people around you will resist, maybe not your kids because they're new to you in the mm-hmm. beginning, because they're, they're wait. I'm trying to be honest. And it's my opinion. They're waiting for you to fall. If you've been yes. doing not, righteous things in the world and then all of a sudden you're on this extremist kick of holiness and righteousness then maybe they don't see it as authentic and it's the same thing as like wanting my children to do these things it's about consistency so you continually do these things day in and day out and create these building blocks of change within your life and it will build mountains and when people look you know years down the line the resistance will fall away it'll shatter because they see oh this is for real this this is the real deal yeah, it's become you know a, a a new normal. It's it's you now. Uh, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. I I I've recently started meditating and learning about Buddhism, all of the same things. And I I do the same. I get up in the morning and I go down and I kind of have my my alone time. And you know, occasionally my husband will wander through and he just you know he's very supportive. And after later on in the day, he'll be like, Oh yeah, I saw you down there doing your meditating stuff. Didn't wanna didn't wanna interrupt, but you know he hasn't joined, and I don't care if he does. He'll go to yoga with me every now and again, but it's never it's never. Um, you know, it's never a criticism. It's never a judgment. It's, um, and they, you know, they'll ask an occasional question here or there, but for the most part, it's like you said, it's, it's just leading by example. I call it planting seeds. So, you know, so my kids are older, they're 13 through 20. And I just figure I would not have been open because I wasn't ready for that type of information at their age. And if I can, you're saying leading them, if I plant a seed now and they see that this is an option when the time is right for them, you know, maybe it'll, it'll blossom and maybe it won't. Cause maybe they'll find something else that, um, they blossom into instead. Cause it's, it's a tool, it's a resource. It's something that helped me and it's, it's brought me calm and peace in a time where I haven't been able to find anything else to help manage anxiety, um, you know, exercise, but I can do that compulsively too. Whereas meditation for me has been the only thing that has brought true peace and contentment regardless of what's going on around me. And hopefully it's something that will work for my, my daughters when they get older too. And the time is right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. I should have you on creating greatness. That was beautiful. (laughs) Oh yeah. Anytime. I, I I love guesting as well. Um, But yes, this one, this is about you. We're going to keep going with you because um, I want to get to your podcast. But first, tell me about the transition to, uh, you know, you said it was during the COVID years, you guys had had some changes, which brought on your lifestyle change with all of the travel. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was just, um, it was just that time that made a lot of people see life differently because we were sort of being forced to live differently. And then I think a lot of people started thinking, well, hey, you know, if, if they can change it at their whim, maybe I can too. And I sort of guess that's where we were going. And my wife was saying, because I was getting laid off and then I would get 
brought back and then there was a layoff again. So we were fine financially, but my wife just kept saying, this is our chance. We could go on the road. We could um, see the world. We, we could take the kids. They weren't in school yet at the time. My youngest is in kindergarten now, but he does the online kindergarten. And we're, we're actually rounding out to travel into where we'll settle. But, um, yeah, so I finally just said, yeah. And like I spoke to you before about, um, before we were recording is I had to sort of grapple with that because we were living a very traditional lifestyle. We both rushed off to work in the morning. We rushed the kids to daycare or to the parents' house and nobody really seen each other or spent any time except on the weekends and holidays. Very normal nowadays in, in, yeah. in the world. And think it's something that we need to consciously make an effort to change and that's exactly what we did although maybe we weren't thinking through it as deeply at the time it was sort of a lucrative opportunity and also an opportunity to travel and like I said once they played with uh, the uh, layoffs in and out of the course of like six months back in 2020 yeah we just took off so um, since then we've been to Florida you know and well, so all the places down from Florida, but we stayed and did contracts in Florida. We love Florida. Mm-hmm. We've been across and did contracts in Texas. We've done contracts in Arizona two or three times in different locations. Like right now I'm in Oro Valley. It's um, right outside of Tucson and I'm staring at these huge giant mountains and this beautiful golf course. So it's interesting here. <laughs> Some of the areas to note were uh, Alaska and Hawaii were probably the most like amazing locations or story uh, telling uh, value there. And then because it's a lucrative thing to do, we've been able to vacation while traveling to Mexico and Costa Rica and Jamaica. So it's been a wild ride and all the wilder because we have three kids, six, four, and two. So uh, definitely makes for an interesting uh, life. So, so your wife was a travel nurse, is that right? Yeah, still is, yeah. Okay, so she, and she's still doing that. So then, so as you guys are taking these contracts in these different places, are you guys staying in hotels? I mean, like, what's, what's your living situation like? Did you guys use a camper? No, yeah, I tell you what, uh, if we didn't have the kids, I think we would. I think mm-hmm. me and my wife would have just bought, like, a really nice RV and just, you know, did our thing, but sure. because um, we have mom with us and that is a planned thing because obviously it takes a little bit of a village to raise the tribe with three. Yeah. So my mom helps us and then we have three little ones. Uh, my oldest is now six. I, I think we could go that route, but because it would be sort of a shock to my wife and my kids, we, we haven't tried that. Sure. Um, we've been thing in B&Bs and furnish finders and there's a lot of different apps even one specific to traveling professionals where we found houses like for instance this one here in Oro Valley was uh, on furnish finder and um, they 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 tend to be very pricey uh, but it's 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 doable on, on the uh, traveling income uh, and it certainly make, makes for some fun times. Like I said, we've been all over, but yeah, it's been 90% Airbnb, a little bit of uh, 
furnace finder, and I think there's one other one that we use. But the good thing about it is you start to network as you travel back and forth through the country. Mm-hmm. And you start to learn people as people and not have to go through these third-party apps. And that's also been a, a situation that we've relied upon, especially when we revisit certain locations. Yeah. Okay. So super fun. That's awesome. And you, you said that your, your oldest is doing the, well, you guys have settled now, but at that time, was he doing the online kindergarten? No, we have not settled yet. We're still looking to settle. Uh, We a few times have looked and I'm sure if you pay attention to the house market, you know what it's like now. And we're sort of playing our cards because it's all dropping now. So we're trying to get our timing right. Um, We, are only looking in Florida because we've been around and that's our favorite place. But uh, we had planned on trying to get somewhere and be stable by the time he hit kindergarten. But we've sort of amended that goal, A, because everyone's having so much fun. (laughs) The boys were learning so many things that they could not learn in school. Mm -hmm. Sort of amended that goal to having him finish this year kindergarten online and then start him in first grade. Uh, in Southwest Florida, where we're we're looking. Sure, sure. Tell um tell me about the online kindergarten. If I mean, if you were to continue this because you know it's so much fun, and you said never mind, we don't want to buy, we want to do this another year. Um, what are some of the struggles and some of the advantages or things that you liked about the online platform for kids? Well, the online platform is um, it's good in a lot of ways, uh, but it all you know like anything, it has mm-hmm. its drawbacks. I mean, nowadays with the schools. And the systems and the way that they're being run, Mm -hmm. I have a lack of trust in that institution. And that's just my opinion. Um, And so putting them in a physical school, I think that for me, I would have to thoroughly investigate it and its curriculum. Mm -hmm. So that is the good thing about online. You're there. You're in the room. You hear everything the teacher says. You are going over all the lesson plans with them and going through it with them so you have the ability to go hold on that's an opinion or hey that's not the values that we live by here in this house but mm-hmm. live in that whatever you want to teach them so you have that ability so on the same flip side of that coin you're working <laughs> you're working with them you're you know where in a school you would have the teacher doing a lot of the work and the aides and the other kids to, to interact with it's all you it's all on you and the socialization is very minimal. Like they talk on the video, but uh, I, I would say we're fortunate to have three boys because something that's missing from our household, and I'm sure a lot of households, is really just kids being kids and being allowed to interact the way they need to interact and, and socialize because it makes them healthy individuals. But now after all the, you know, the, the things that have changed, it, it, kids are missing that mind particularly because that's what I'm speaking on. Uh, But I'm fortunate that they have brothers and they have two parents in the house as well as a grandmother to sort of guide them and continually push them on the right path. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I share a lot of those opinions as well. I would love for, because my two older kiddos are out of school by now. My youngest is 13 and oh my goodness, what I would, I would just love to be able to put her into online just to be and travel so that because I really I feel like the most value that you can get educational wise is experiencing and being immersed into different cultures and seeing different things Um, but like my own daughter I've asked her I was like man if if we could 
you know, because I share custody, so we, it's not a possibility. I would never take her away from her dad. But if we could, would you just love to, to you know, to go to school online and to travel and to see the world, et cetera? And she's like, Mom, I've got friends. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you would meet friends in so many places. She's like, Mom, I want to have good friends. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, it is. It's such a struggle. And I, I, I know so many parents that are, you know, that, that did the online thing through COVID, and they, you know, they never went back. And then there's others that – survived the online thing and they couldn't wait for school to get back in. So it's always an interest. It's always interesting to hear different people's experiences and perspectives in case, you know, traveling is something that they're looking at doing so that they got more, more uh, information on how that looks to take their kids online. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If anything else, it has its pluses and minuses. Sure. Absolutely. So then while you guys are traveling and your wife is, um, nursing, what are you doing during this time? Are you caretaking? Are you doing some sort of online work? Are you podcasting? What's your role at this time? Well, I'm a personal trainer, so mm. I pick up um, work in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, we're growing with the podcast. Like I spoke before the recording, we're starting to see little bits from there. And then um, the reels on Facebook, little bits coming in there. If you want to follow me, Robert Crash, uh, King of Comebacks with two Ks at the end. Um, and, um, it, it's, I'm just starting to put it all together. And sure. that's another reason why we are um, looking to settle. Um, mm-hmm. because I had a very great relationship with the prison down there that I volunteered in. It was probably the most fun I've had. And that's another reason why we're looking at Southwest Florida. Something that I like to spend my time doing because the personal training is part-time. The podcasting is full-time, but it doesn't take all of my time. I want to be impactful in the world. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm still growing with the podcast. It's, it's, it's getting there, chug-a-lugging along. It's taking years of work, and it's never as fast as you quite want it, but it is moving in the right direction. But when I was in Southwest Florida, I got integrated into this prison system, and I developed a program called Spiritual Warrior Program. And what it was was a physical fitness um, regimen, but it, it sort of developed because I would go in to speak to the guys in the prison, and I would want them to listen to me talk about being sober and being righteous and, and, and all these things and prayer and meditation, but they didn't quite want that stuff. They go, Hey Rob, how'd you get your arms that big? Or Hey man, <laughs> how do you get, you know, sit up high like that, you know? Yeah. And so I sort of tricked them. I go, okay, I'm going to give them what they want. They want the workout, but while I'm giving them what they want, I'm going to give them what they need. Yes. And that's, that's, that's that wholesomeness, that righteousness, that, that 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 uh that spark of divinity that is within us all that pure light that is there and if we feed it it will grow so it it, it sparked my passion for that as well as podcasting and while I dove into some volunteer work in other locations like here in Phoenix well I'm in Tucson now but we were in Phoenix three months ago I did the homeless shelter mm-hmm. and I just it was a little bit more difficult because the populace wasn't as receptive so. But I do like to give back in that way, and I guess that's why we're leaning back towards Florida, because a lot of the prisons in other states, like especially here in Arizona, they're just super strict, mm-hmm. and um, they they don't really let you in unless you're affiliated with, like, Narcotics Anonymous or sure. a specific church, and I, I am not. So I have my hurdles to climb there. But, yeah. yeah, we're all just trying to be impactful. Me and my family are trying, trying to be righteous, do the right thing, put out the good energy. Yeah. contribute to the locations that we're at, buy from small businesses, immerse ourselves 
in the culture. And that way, like you said, our kids are learning so much more. And we had the advantage of starting them. And that was like my wife's thing. Like, we got to go before they start school because then it's, I got friends and I'm not leaving. Not to neglect them from that or deny them that. I want them to have that and they will. But it was like, let's go see some stuff first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Jump on the opportunity if it's if it's presented. That's, and I think that that's just the courage for. A lot of times, it takes people seeing somebody else that's similar to them. You know, maybe they they're not multimillionaires. They're not. Um, they don't have a camper, and they they're not set up in this perfect op- opportunity with passive income where they can go travel the world. They're normal everyday people that have jobs, and you just have to be courageous enough to, like you said you know, open your eyes and be aware of the opportunities around you. And when they present themselves courageous enough to grab them and and move forward, like you guys did and look at all of the things that you guys have gained and grown from two years of basically forcing yourself out of your comfort zone. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, It is awesome. And it's intense because right now, like, let's say we're leaving Oro Valley in two weeks and we literally have no idea where we're going. So that's the level of discomfort that we has now become the norm. So yes, it is paying attention to opportunities, and it, but it's also being meticulous and planning and paying attention because there's so many tricks to traveling as far as like when to buy flights, how to buy flights, you know, or when to uh, pick certain destinations, how to pick them, how to get deals, how to negotiate. Man, we've learned a lot. And, uh, you know, I've actually shared it all on the podcast, so I won't, I won't double up. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll def- we'll definitely be putting your podcast in the show notes so people can get in there as well, um, which is, speaking of, well, we're, we're going to go to the podcast next. I just wanted to, to back up two seconds and just let you know that your spiritual warrior thing, I think, is really cool. So I, I spent uh, 10 years working in the prison system, and it's uh, it's something that near and dear to my, my heart as well as the inmates we hire um, former inmates with our construction company, et cetera. Just, I, I, I believe in second chances. And I really like that you said that you tricked them because they, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know exactly how that is when they, um, in the, the prison that they, they live for yard time, they live for gym time. That is, that's it. And, and you know what? I don't feel like they're much different than people in everyday society. There's when uh, the gym has saved more inmates or as many inmates that I know as the church did because you learn so much and and myself I know the same journey I found fitness as well and it saved me from a a rough life as well um, that I was on so it's a lot of times it is the gateway to open your mind because you gain so much trust in your like faith and trust in yourself and your abilities because you gain self-confidence self-worth and for you to infiltrate and tie that that path in with the second phase, which is what you're talking about now with some spirituality and learning and teaching meditation is, I mean, it's like they got two steps because a lot of times people discover that in two separate phases in their lives and you introduce that at the same time. So that's, it's brilliant. So hats off to you. Thank you so much uh, <laughs> for those kind words. It means an awful lot to me. I'm very proud of that program as I am the proud of, tricking them into it it takes one to know one man it takes one to know one Mm -hmm. and uh those guys 
uh, are, are open, they're receptive, they know that they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And most of them, whether they were big time gangsters in the street or whatever, you know, they still don't have that self love. Right. And a lot of uh, humanity's problems uh, really originate with people not loving themselves, people not being comfortable with themselves. Yes. And through physical fitness, like you said, you start feeling good about yourself and you yes. start developing a little bit of self-love. And from there, it's really a spring, springboard in all other things, self-improvement. Absolutely. And then you introduce the concepts through Buddhism, which is all self-love. It's all it boils down to love and giving yourself compassion, giving, you know, being compassionate towards yourself, being, giving yourself grace and forgiveness for all. It, it, without that, they, they, you know, they go back, they're infiltrated back into society and they wait for somebody else to love them. And that doesn't come most of the time. So, you know, if you can't love yourself first, you're that, that, uh, that bandaid isn't there. You've got to fix the problem underneath and love yourself so that you can sustain. Like you said, most of them, a lot of them I know get out there, they're riding high on on hope and faith and excitement and they're motivated. They, they've got the tools. And when that, that love isn't there, it's, you know, they, they kind of go back to old patterns. So teaching self-love, you've done it in two, in two separate ways through the spiritual war, warrior program. Thanks. Moving on, let's talk about creating greatness. I think this could be the last thing that we discuss and it's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice, exit out of this as well. What is Creating Greatness, the podcast? Um, why do you do it? What do you love about it? Give me a story. Um, podcasting was something very uh, unknown to me. Um, I, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, the last 15 years before this last five or six where I wasn't really paying attention to things like that. So as I started getting better and realizing uh, the way of things, I got this job. I made 11 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I paid attention to detail. I got promoted. I continued on with that path. I got promoted again. I ended up being a manager of this place and having like 50 employees that were mine to, you know, I guess, I don't mean they're mine. They were, we worked together, but they sure. were uh, in my department. I, I, I was the boss. Sure. And I never, I never took my, I never took that to heart, like where I only told them about work stuff. I'd be walking around the work going, hey, what are you working on? And they'd go, oh, I'm doing this, that, and that. I would go, no, what are you working on for you, man? What are you doing when you get home? And so I would start lecturing them, like, and they were stuck because it was a warehouse and they're on the line. So, you know, it's my job to make sure that that line was operating efficiently. So I got them trapped. And then, what are you doing for yourself, man? What are you working on? Are you going to school? Are you working out? So eventually, I gained a really good rapport with these, this younger generation. They go, Rob, man, you got to start a podcast. Oh. So uh, a couple of them helped me do it. It was fairly easy. We started on Anchor and just recorded like a phone call. And um, I started this sort of lecturing style of podcast with the belief that um, I could help people get better. Or I could stop people from having to go through the trials and tribulations that I went through by sharing my message. So it was chasing greatness. We're chasing greatness. And I continued on that path. And then we were in Alaska and it was cold. I was doing the cold therapy. I was listening to a lot of Wim Hof at the time. And oh, yes. I was out there jogging in the cold and I come back and I did a reel. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm not chasing anything anymore. I'm creating 
because we're already great. We already have everything that makes us who we are and what we are already inside us. I'm not chasing anything. We are already great and I'm creating greatness. So I changed the name about a year back and yeah, I've just brought it with me to different locations. I started vibing with different guests such as yourself, even from different genres, like people with travel podcasts or comedy podcasts, because self-improvement is sort of a, a wide yeah. uh, genre. Absolutely. And it's just been great, man. It's just like we talked about pre-record where if I start getting frustrated with the numbers, one person reach out to me and go, hey, man. I listened to, you know, your interview with James from the Wild Hunt, which is what I just did, a, a strength and conditioning coach, a, a world for breaking athlete. And I was so motivated by that because James as well has been through a lot. So it shows people no matter where you are, yeah. who you are, where you're at, like, you know, how low you stunk, it doesn't matter. You can create something out of your life. If you're still breathing, man, then there is potential within your body. I promise you that. And if you listen to Creating Greatness, I'm going to show you a blueprint on how to do it because you're talking to an individual who's addicted, a narcissistic, toxic, mean person, a coward, a cretin, a lowlife. Yeah. And now I'm a proud, upstanding person. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a leader in my community, I'm a volunteer, I'm happy, I'm joyous, I'm free, I'm tough. And these are the things that we can cultivate. These are the skills that we can develop. And it doesn't matter where you're at, where you start. And don't let people on the top think that because you're where you're at, you never deserve nothing better. It only starts with one less Twinkie. It starts with one less soda. It yep. starts with one damn push-up. Yep. That's all. As long as you're better than you were yesterday, if you could do one push-up today and you can only do one on your knees yesterday, guess what, brother and sister? You're on the path. Yep. Just keep going. Yep, absolutely. I tell I tell my kids all the time, it's every day we get to choose again. It doesn't matter what we did yesterday. Um, you're always going to pay consequences for your decisions, but every single day we get the opportunity to choose again if the choices you made in the past weren't what you want to continue to do and you know hopefully you're learning from consequences that motivate you to choose better the next day so yeah we're we're never who we are today we're always growing and we literally you literally can be whatever you want it's all in the mind it's all in the body it's um yeah so you're you're on it you've discovered it it's it's the secret and why would you not want to share that with everybody on every platform possible which um yeah i i get it i think that's that's the purpose driven life in my opinion is when when you've discovered something that's helped you and you have enough love and compassion for the world that you also want to help anybody and there's especially when there's no monetary gain in it you just want to help other people once you put your voice out there and you start helping people, the karma that you talked about, it takes care of you and it comes back in other ways, whether that, you know, the, the, the goodness in the world comes to you in the form of healthy kids. It comes to you in the form of kindness of the community that you live in. And maybe it comes in the form of, of money that helps your family live a better life, whatever it is. Karma never comes back to you the direct way that it's given out and if we just keep giving 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 with love with compassion with the right intention you'll continue to receive 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 in different ways right awesome <laughs> absolutely 
Yeah. I love it. I'm going to have you on. You got to come on Korean Greatness. You have a lot of wonderful things to say. Oh, yeah. Anytime. We will we'll organize that after we wrap this up. And I would love to to be on your show. I've, I, w- I listened to it this morning. My daughter came downstairs, was getting ready. And she's like, she's like, who are you listening to? Because there was three voices. I, I can't remember what the episode was, but there was three of you guys that were all talking on there. And it was all these different voices. She's like, this sounds so cool. And she actually said it was gangster. She says, this is gangster. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's a podcast. And anyway, so, so, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been creeping on the podcast. It sounds great. I like the diversity behind it and, um, yeah, I'd love to be on there. And I appreciate you being on our show for our listeners. And like you said, the different walks of life, self-improvement is woven throughout all of that. Everybody's always looking to have a better life and improve in any way, shape or form. And if you being on this show helps one person, um, you've accomplished my goal. <laughs> so thank you so much yeah and uh with 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 this and you were talking about consequences from behaviors and people making mistakes and people can get wrapped around that for a very long time and halt their progress maybe by replaying it in their mind maybe by thinking that people think something about it but drop all that stuff let it go it yeah. absolutely means nothing a lot of people in this world are wasting a lot of time searching, seeking for happiness. Yes. But in my opinion, if they seek these three P's, they will be happy longer. And that's purpose, passion, and progress. If you live a life of purpose, passion, and progress, then happiness will be the end result. I really appreciate that you have me on. It's been an amazing, wonderful conversation. I've been on quite a few podcasts. And I very rarely ask the person to come back on. I'm truly and genuinely inviting you to my space. I appreciate you for what you do. And I appreciate your audience for listening. Well, thank you, Robert. I sure appreciate it. I will make sure that I put your information where, where my listeners can find you in the show notes because it's worthwhile. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story and your time with me. And, yeah, we will be in touch soon. Until then, we're clocking out.